Welcome to Decision Vision, a podcast series focusing on critical business decisions. Brought to you by Brady Ware and Company. Brady Ware is a regional, full-service accounting and advisory firm that helps businesses and entrepreneurs make visions a reality. Welcome to Decision Vision, a podcast giving you, the listener, clear vision to make great decisions. In each episode, we discuss the process of decision-making on a different topic from the business owner's or executive's perspective. We aren't necessarily telling you what to do, but we can put you in a position to make an informed decision on your own and understand when you might need help along the way. My name is Mike Blake, and I'm your host for today's program. I'm a director at Grady Ware & Company, a full-service accounting firm based in Dayton, Ohio, with offices in Dayton, Columbus, Ohio, Richmond, Indiana, and Alpharetta, Georgia. Brady, we're sponsoring this podcast, which is being recorded in Atlanta for social distancing protocols. If you'd like to engage with me on social media and with my chart of the day and other content, I'm on LinkedIn as myself and at Unblakeable on Facebook, Twitter, Clubhouse, and Instagram. If you like this podcast, please subscribe on your favorite podcast aggregator and please consider leaving a review of the podcast as well. Today's topic is, should I relocate my business? And, um, you know, I, I don't know that this topic gets talked about a lot, actually. It's, it's kind of interesting as I was doing research for this, this program. Um, but yeah, I, I, think, I think in the current period in which we find ourselves, we're recording this on June 22nd, 2021. Um, there's a lot of interest, I think, in, in, re, in re, relocating. We've seen a number of American icons relocating their businesses. Um, notably Tesla relocating from, um, uh, California to Texas. Some of the big investment banks, I think J- it's either JP Morgan or Morgan Stanley. I forget which one. One of the Morgans that, that is relocating or has relocated from New York to Florida. Um, you know, and other businesses are, of course, relocating as well. And, you know, I think that the, I think the pandemic is bringing this, this potential choice or decision much more sharply into focus because I, I think, I think one of the things the pandemic has done is it's made many of us realize that location is important, but it's probably important for reasons that are different than what we thought they were two years ago. Um, you know, in some cases you, re- you relocated to be close to talent, right? And that's one of the reasons Silicon Valley continues to thrive is because they have a critical mass of talent for writing code and building uh, digital businesses and, and biotech as well. Um, or sometimes you want to <clears throat> you want to relocate your headquarters because that's where the locus of your customers is. Um, and you know that's one of the reasons, for example, that International Paper relocated from Stanford, Connecticut to uh, Richmond, Virginia. Uh, a few years back. Um, but I think we're also seeing a lot of other reasons why, why companies may decide that the, that the calculus that goes into their location is simply, is simply changing. It may be for tax reasons. It may be because they realize that they're just as likely to have employees that are working from Montana as, as they are from Monterey. Um, it could be infrastructure it could be something entirely different. And, and so as you know, companies are realizing that they perhaps are more mobile and workers are more mobile than we've come to accept them being in the past, I think more companies are, are encountering this decision 
on whether or not you know they should re relocate and if so what does that relocation look like because i've never re relocated a business myself i suspect it's it's harder than simply boxing up all your your china and your house loading it onto a truck and then and then moving but we have a couple of guests that that have done it and they're going to tell us the ins and outs of what they did and why they did it maybe some things they would have done differently if they had to do it over again so we're joined by two guests today and uh, in no particular order uh, I'm, I'm going to start with introducing uh, Jefferson Harrelson, who is Executive Vice President and Chief Financial Officer of United Community Banks Incorporated. Uh, Jefferson has more than 25 years of experience in the financial services industry. Um, United Community Banks is a publicly traded company. Their ticker is UCBI on the NASDAQ. They provide a full range of banking, wealth management, and mortgage services for relationship-oriented customers and business owners. In fact, I think my mortgage is actually with you guys. So um, the company right. known as the bank that Service Built has been recognized nationally for delivering award-winning service. In 2021, J.D. Power ranked United highest in customer satisfaction of retail banking in the Southeast, marking seven out of the, late, uh, uh, seven out of the last eight years United earned the coveted award. United was also named Best Banks to Work For by American Banker in 2020 for the fourth year in a row based on employee satisfaction. They've also won a bunch of other awards. I could be here all day. You want to learn more about that, go check out their website, but, but they're good. Also joining us is Jan Schluter, who is joining us actually from Germany. Uh, I think this is our first internet, no, it's our second international podcast, first from Germany, who for the last six and a half years is the co-founder and chief operating officer of Darvis Incorporated. And Darvis is a leading robotic process automation platform. Darvis makes organizations more efficient by simplifying and automating processes using computer vision and artificial intelligence. By tracking situations and objects, Darvis turns the real world into useful data. Their mission is to enable continuous understanding and optimization of healthcare services. Darvis, which stands for Data Analytics Real World Visual Information System, uses state-of-the-art patented artificial intelligence-powered technology to give rooms and objects a voice, analyzing optical sensors to provide contextual insights that enable hospitals and care facilities to build and manage safe and optimal flows of medical equipment and services. Uh, Jefferson and Jan, welcome to the program. Thank you, Mike, for having us, or having me. Thanks. Thank you. Thank you. So, so Jan, since you digitally traveled the farthest uh, to be here, you're six hours ahead of us, uh, I'd like to invite you first. Talk about what, what is your relocation story? Where, where did you go? Where did you start from? And what were the drivers behind that decision for you? So, um, yeah, we started as uh, two founders uh, from Germany uh, in San Francisco, Silicon Valley. We did the, the, the software play. Um, with a, uh, let's say six and a half years ago with a different approach, but, uh, we, we thought, uh, software and San Francisco and the Bay area, that's it. Uh, we have to be there. That's why we, we, we founded, um, a Darvis, um, with a different name in a, uh, let's say segment of, um, what was it? It was live streaming in virtual reality, something completely different. What you just um, said what Darvis is, but it has a lot of, um, let's say, elements in it today. And uh, it was a great time. It was all good for starting um, a business that's the perfect spot to be. But as we grew uh, in uh, more markets like Germany, like the UK, and as of course in the in the US, we found out that is it is getting, let's say, 
too expensive to be bluntly here um, for hiring uh, people of the skills that we need. So we need AI engineers, engineers, developers, all the people that have um, a, a really high, let's say, compensation um, ask um, uh, for getting on board and um, just only a T-shirt and a cup of, um, of uh, a branded, uh, let's say, coffee isn't do the trick. And it is quite hard to, to get, um, let's see, tier one, one of our um, formal um, employers said, okay, this is a tier one place to be, but you also have to pay tier one salaries. And um, that is quite hard when you are, um, let's say, a thriving company and a growing company. And sometimes um, you need the money elsewhere than just uh, paying the landlords in San Francisco um, the rent of your employees. So that was just one big, I must say, aspect to, to have the decision made uh, of relocating from um, um, San Francisco to, and that um, respective Nashville, Tennessee. So uh, that is one aspect, but of course we were very much uh, business driven. So um, as you might know, Nashville slash Tennessee is the hotspot, the epicenter of healthcare industry. That was a huge driver for us to, to make the decision to reallocate. And um, so many things on top happened to, let's say, we were in a program of uh, the uh, Project Healthcare in the um, um, Nashville Entrepreneur Center. Um, we had um, a very good relationship So to the, let's say, ambassadors of Tennessee. I don't know the, the, the correct right, name right now, but there are people who are from the Chamber of Commerce. Re, re, they reached out to us and said, hey, um, um, come to Nashville, come to Tennessee. We, we love um, you having um, um, you here. And um, yeah, we, we had a very good talks, very good relations. And um, yeah, that all in all um, led to the decision. Yeah, let's do it in Nashville. So a very short um, story. Okay. And, and Nashville, I mean, I don't do a lot of healthcare, but I do, I, I do a little bit of work in healthcare. Nashville is sort of a sneaky, a sneaky, important healthcare hub now. Um, it is. You know, we think of healthcare, we often think of a place like Boston or San Diego or Minneapolis or New Jersey. But, you know, Nashville has become really important in that regard. So you're, you're clearly living proof of that. Absolutely. And, and it was by accident that we found out that Nashville is the place to be. It's drawing a lot of attention right now uh, from, from um, let's say, the Bay Area in California. So it's doing a pretty damn good job of, of promoting itself as the place to be in terms of tech uh, innovation and all that stuff. So, yeah. Good for us. <laughs> so, Jefferson, how about how about you? You guys have also had a recent move. Um, tell us your your move story. Yeah, so uh, a smidge of history about the bank started in 1950 in a relatively small town, uh, not even relatively an actual small town in uh, North Georgia, Blairsville, Georgia. It's a beautiful place to be. There are mountains. There's lakes. And uh, United Community was is is a bank that's in Blairsville that was growing very quickly, and got to be about six billion dollars in uh, in assets, and had a goal of, of being twenty billion dollars in assets. And we found that if we were going to hire a, a head of audit or a, or a quant team or the things the types of people that you need 
to be a $20 billion bank. You just were not going to be able to get them to come to Blairsville, Georgia uh, and work there. So I need lenders. We need treasury people. Um, and it just, it just wasn't going to happen. And so starting in 2012, ours is more uh, gradual in a way. Uh, we hired our, our now CEO. He was in 2012. He was the first person in Greenville, South Carolina. Uh, now we're over 300 people in Greenville, South Carolina. And so what we saw was a, a gradual growth towards Greenville. On July 1st, we will, we will move our official headquarters to July 1st. But this has really been a six or seven year effort uh, to move our business to, a, to, this, to this city of Greenville, South Carolina. If you don't know it, it's right on, 80, right on I-85. It's right between Atlanta and Charlotte. It's one of the fastest growing and uh, really nicest cities. Uh, in the country with uh, just written up in the Wall Street Journal. Uh, Clemson University is here. Other universities are here, Furman. Uh, so it's, it's a kind of a college, former manufacturing town that's reinvented itself to uh, financial services and a diverse, uh, a great place to live. So we found that by moving here, by moving the growth of our business here, uh, we're able to hire the people we need. And we are indeed now uh, just under $20 billion in assets. So let me, I want to continue on that, on that uh, description, because I'm, I'm curious, you know, you, you chose Greenville. There are other cities like Greenville that you, you know, to which you could have moved. And in effect, what you really did, you sort of moved up the road, basically. Um, What was it about Greenville? Why, you know, I'm sure at least at some point discussion of Atlanta might've come up. You could have moved to a similar city like Chattanooga or maybe even Raleigh, Durham, something like that. What was, it, what was it about Greenville that attracted you uh, above other candidates? So Greenville is the size of a market, uh, especially versus Atlanta, that we believe that a $20 billion bank can come in and really make a difference. Uh, if you put, We believe that we put our headquarters in Atlanta, where you really need to, in our in bank verbiage, uh, need to be able to write a $100 million check to be a player. Mm-hmm. And Atlanta to compete with the uh, BB&Ts and SunTrust at the time and the Wells Fargo's. Now, we prefer cities like Chattanooga, Charleston, Raleigh, uh, Myrtle Beach, uh, even Orlando. Uh, we're in Charlotte and Atlanta, but we, we really like these uh, mid-tier cities where we can come in, know all the players in the market, and be a major player in these cities. So it kind of went hand in hand with where we think the strengths of our bank were. And we thought being in Atlanta would be kind of giving up that opportunity to uh, take a great market and and uh, uh, show a great presence in the exactly the type of market that we want to be in. So, Jan, I want to I want to ask you a question, and I I, I think you're going to have an interesting perspective on it because um, you're you're not a native of the United States, and, and that is, was there any kind of culture shock moving from? San Francisco, which I speculate, I don't, you know, I, I've only, I've only visited Germany. I've not spent much time there, but I speculate San Francisco is a much more European kind of city, perhaps less culture shock. Nashville, maybe not so much, right? Nashville has no fooling deep South when it's a big city, has a cosmopolitan element, but nobody confuses Nashville to, to, with San Francisco. And I, I'm, I'm curious, did you or, and, and maybe others from, you know, San Francisco, was there any kind of culture shock simply by moving from one part of the country that has a different 
set of social and economic and political priorities to a different part with ones that are very different. Actually, yes, but at first I would like to add something to Jefferson. So um, um, I think it's a good point to say I would like to be, um, let's say, a big, playing a bigger role in a smaller city than being a very small role in a huge city. And that applies basically as well to San Francisco. So in San Francisco, there are the, the big ones like, um, yeah, name it, uh, um, Amazon and Facebook and Google and everyone. So uh, to, to grow there as a company with ambitions, and I think um, as well Jefferson's company and as well Darvis, um, we have ambition. And, and, and I think in, an, let's say, smaller context, you can, you can become, let's say, you can grow better, let's say, like this. And to answer your question, yeah, culture shock um, does not seem negative. Uh, so th there is something, huge difference between the, the California, Bay Area, San Francisco, and the Tennessee, um, uh, Nashville um, culture. But but um, I don't want to badmouth uh, California. They, they are awesome. That's a cool um, um, society there, and it, it, it's awesome. But it's a little bit more familiar, more friendly, more heart welcoming in Nashville, Tennessee. When you go to a barber shop and they are asking you, hey, what are you doing here? I've never seen you before. And when you're telling a little bit what you're doing, they say, oh, welcome. It's so cool that you are here. So it's, it's, it's more, and I, I think it's true, meant uh, a, a warm welcome from the, the culture in, in Tennessee than the, let's say, more superficial, more I don't care um, uh, attitude in, in California. That's really interesting. Yeah. And, and, and just to echo, you know, it's, it's not necessarily one part of the country is better or worse than the other, sometimes a better fit, but they're just, they're just different. Right. And, and I think a lot of people like that element of the San Francisco culture. It's just sort of go, 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 go. And you're focused on your one thing. And, uh, but a place like Nashville, and I think Atlanta has this too, is, you know, um, you can, you can come to Atlanta, particularly, I think in technology, financial services are different. I agree with Jefferson's assessment but you know in technology you are you are it is sort of a smaller pond here so I, I get what you're saying companies that have relocated to atlanta from silicon valley say something very similar as to what you're saying uh jan um yeah and jan i, I want to continue with another i want to ask another question because jefferson brought this up he said that that their planning was in effect you know seven or eight years in the making or at least there was a lead-up of seven or eight years in the making your company isn't even seven or eight years old. So I'm curious as to how long your planning process took. Uh, not that long, <laughs> of course. <laughs> so no, actually it was uh, within a year, I must say. So when we um, applied for uh, the Project Healthcare uh, in Nashville, and we, we went through this program that was, um, I think, outstanding, um, considering that, that it was the pandemic uh, edition in that case. It was 100% uh, virtual. And I took all the classes from here, from Germany. So and, and, and I felt connected, though. And, and during this year, and due to, uh, let's say, some business aspects that, arise, that arose, uh, we made the decision within a year. So, and then we um, executed it a um, couple of weeks ago. So, so those economic development officers from Nashville really did their job, I guess. They did. They did. Um, yeah, we ran into open doors, like like you say. Mike, so, I might, Mike, I might add in there. Uh, yeah, 
because I'm um, attracted to Jan's faster process in some ways because I just want to throw out one of the challenges of doing it gradual. So if um, as, as more and more things began coming to Greenville and it became clear, even though we hadn't moved the headquarters here, but more and more of the tasks were coming here, uh, the people in the in Blairsville got, got sensitive sometimes to watching this task or that task move from one city or the other. So, and uh, we were able, we were able to o- overcome that with a lot of communication, uh, but there was just a lot of change happening and it was very gradual and uh, people were sensitive to very small changes more than I would have uh, guessed. And so I think the, um, I think both ways can work, but I think the faster uh, move is probably preferable if, uh, if you can do it. Yeah. Is it, I mean, is it, is it fair to say Jefferson? And I, I appreciate what you're, what you're saying. And instinctively, it does sound like the kind of decision that may be better sort of ripping off the bandaid than trying to take it off slowly. Um, but on the other hand, it, it sounds to me and correct me if I'm wrong, that your, your move almost sort of happened organically that in some ways the, the momentum kind of, <clears throat> And I mean no disrespect in the way I'm saying this, but it sounds like the momentum in a way carried the decision along for you. Is that fair to say? Yes. And by the time we actually, uh, air quote, moved the headquarters, it was really already moved. The uh, The CEO was here. I'm the CFO. I'm, I was here. Uh, most of the team was here. So by the time we actually, and it's actually happening on July 1st, uh, moved the headquarters, everybody uh, was kind of saying, well, okay, it's already it's already been done. So it was not a big shock. We didn't move a lot of people. Uh, really the growth of the company just took us here, if you will. So uh, I ask uh, my next question, I'm sure is going to be near and dear to your heart. Talk about, well, you know, just given your story, this may be a harder question to answer than I had anticipated, <laughs> but I need to ask it anyway. And that is, you know, what were the costs or how, how large was what was the cost of actually making the move? But I now wonder, since it was so gradual and so organic, can you even really begin to quantify it? It's really almost imperceptible because in, in year one, we had one person, then we had 10, then we had 30. And a big piece of it happened in 2015. We bought a bank here called Palmetto Bank. Uh, they had more people. Uh, they had branches here. Uh, they had sort of a headquarters building here that we had moved into for a small amount of time. And so that was a big jump that happened in, uh, in 2016. Then what really uh, had us move the headquarters was something I think Jan was just talking about, which was something you brought up too, Mike, was, uh, was taxes. Uh, we are planning on building a, a building. We had bought a, a lot. Uh, so we have a, a headquarters building in mind. And if we were ever going to officially move the headquarters, uh, now is the time because we can now go uh, negotiate with the city, negotiate with the county, negotiate with the state, um, say, hey, we'll move our headquarters here uh, if we have the right um, you know, source of support here. And they, everybody was very supportive. And we're very thankful. But that's what kind of brought on the timing for us more than uh, number of people or organic growth. It was uh, the building was something that uh, was our uh, the big the hurdle that came that said, okay, now is the time. So, Jan, how about you? I suspect that your costs for moving were probably much more visible. 
you know, talk about that. Was it, was it, we don't have to get into round numbers. Was it very expensive? Was it moderately expensive, maybe less expensive than you thought? How would you characterize the expense of move of, of switching locations? Uh, it was not so expensive than expected because we are uh, first and foremost a, uh, let's say, um, remote first company. And we I... are uh, already uh, spread across the globe, Germany, UK and, and the US. And uh, we had not that many um, um, employees there. And one of uh, them um, um, were leaving us because of saying, okay, no, I don't want to go with you into a tier four city. And that was the best decision ever because we got rid of someone who doesn't appreciate the, the move. So so he was kind of stuck in the past of being there and need to be there. So, but this is a completely different story. But in, in the end, we started. So if you include that costs of um, renting a, uh, let's say, three and a half thousand square feet um, um, AI um, warehouse test, center, if you so will, plus um, um, office space. So if you in include that, so it was, um, let's say, a f overseeable. So f uh, it was not that that amount that is uh, maybe with Jefferson. So, um, yeah. Okay. Well, and, you, know, you, you bring something up that I want to talk about a little bit too in, in that you know, we talk about the mobility of labor, of course, and, you know, work from anywhere, at least in the United States, I can't speak to elsewhere, but in the United States, you know, I, I think it's highly unlikely we're all just going back to offices. I, you know, I, my team, I tell them, I don't care as long as you get your work done, you can do it in Tahiti as far as I'm concerned. Um, but we don't talk about the fact that this, that, that this also makes companies more mobile, doesn't it? Right, because I I suspect that in the past, one of the one of the concerns about moving a company is you may lose critical talent, right? Because you know, I live in San Francisco, my kids are here. I don't want to move them, so the company moves. You have to find that new talent. But it, it just occurred to me, Jan, as you were saying that that the mobility actually goes both ways. Is is because of this? You know, companies can move more easily than they ever could as well. Absolutely. And as I said, we are a remote first company ever been uh, due to our philosophy that doesn't have anything to do with uh, the COVID uh, pandemic. pandemic. Um, we had, but every, every uh, space that we are renting or planning to rent uh, will have less space because right now we are offering um, space that the people can come and, 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 and be there and meet there and, and, and do their job, but they are not obliged to do. So and that therefore we need just uh, less space and not for everyone a certain square feet area that they need to have, and that is that is good for us uh, because um, it is um, less costly uh, and is it's it's the way we are uh, uh, like to work. So uh, I'm just before we we rented the the office in Nashville or the 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 whole um, let's say. Um, um, warehouse slash office space we were asking the people who are we are hiring there or, or they are already there so we are right now eight people since the last six weeks so we are growing very much but we asked them what do you think will you come frequently to the office or um, shall we make it more comfortable or you do, do not care and and they said yeah I would like to show up two times max uh, in the office and that's it and we, for us it's, it's fine 
So, um, but but it's uh, it's a good decision to 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 do. So, Jan, a follow up question. Oh, uh, Jefferson, do you want to add something? Well, I'll just add something super quick because uh, my my story here is just so opposite of uh, Jan, and uh, yeah. I think it's the it's our businesses. Uh, the banking business is a I view it as a as a team sport. It's a collaboration sport. It's uh, there's a lot of mentorship. There's a lot of apprenticeship. And we really believe that you need to be back in the office. And we're watching our competitors to see if we don't want to lose our employees because employees definitely want to be home more than they were before. Uh, but when we've uh, brought our employees uh, back, we're pr- uh, probably 85% now working uh, in the office. Uh, but uh, we have a, a strong belief that uh, working in the office is important. And we're trying to now balance it in the new world. But it's uh, since it was so opposite to, to Jan, I just wanted to go ahead and uh, lay that out there. Yeah, well, it, it does underscore, um, you know, the model, the, the labor model is going to be different for everybody. Um, you know, and clearly in manufacturing and retail, you know, you, you, you can't build cars from home. Right? Um, There's there some that are just going to require physical presences, at least for the foreseeable for the foreseeable future. And, you know, I, I can appreciate Jefferson in your world, you know, banking is, uh, I think ideally a high touch, a high touch process. Um, yeah. I mean, it's been, it has been, there has been some digital transformation, but, um, you know, I think that can only kind of go so far. Um, and, and frankly, I think, I think that's reflective of where you decided to move, right? You, you, as I understand it, you moved in a place where, where being a high touch kind of bank matters. Exactly. As opposed to Atlanta, where I think it would matter less. It's much more of a commodity. I'm going to make, I'm going to borrow from you because you're giving me two hundredths of a basis point better <laughs> deal. Right. But the, everything's exactly the same. That's, you know, that's a different kind of competitive dynamic. Exactly. Um, one of the things that's kind of interesting from listening to you both is neither of you have really mentioned taxes or regulation or even any kind of special incentives in the decision to move. Now, may, and, and I'm, I'm curious about that. And maybe there's no story to tell, but I want to ask that explicitly. So Jefferson, let, let me, let me start with you. Were there, were there any, were there any regulations in, in Georgia, for example, that were irritating that you found yourselves not being constrained by in South Carolina? Were there tax incentives any of those kind of government regulatory dynamics that work there? So there really wasn't. Actually, we had to take a bit of a risk because we had very good regulatory relations with our Georgia state examiners. And to leave that with an, with a, to go to South Carolina, where uh, we do not know the regulators, get to form our relationship. We don't have a 70 year relationship with this organization. So it was a uh, a bit of a risk for us to uh, to move. So that was actually one of the reasons I think that kept us in Georgia longer is this great relationship we have with our regulatory bodies. Now, Jan, how, how about how about you? You know, we we I read a you know a lot of stories about companies that are supposedly fleeing California because of the taxes and the regulation. Um, et cetera. I, you know, I don't know how much of that is actually true versus just the media trying to get clicks. H- how big a factor was that in your decision? 
not a big factor, to be honest. Um, um, everything I, I told you before was the main driver. It's business. It's the, the hotspot of uh, uh, business we can do in Nashville. And, um, and, 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 and the tax and everything that comes with it, we're discussing with the Chamber of Commerce. And there are some um, nice, let's say, incentives there, yes, but they are just an add-on, to be honest. So it was not our main driver. Well, so I'm, you know, I'm glad we covered this part because I, I think I think your responses go run counter to the main narrative. You know, again, we hear, at least I hear, I hear and read about companies that are fleeing the West Coast or fleeing the the Northeast in order to find lower tax, lower regulation environments, particularly in the Southeastern United States to a lesser extent in the Midwest. And you know, one of the things I advise my clients is yes, go ahead and pay the t- pay attention to taxes, but I you know I really wouldn't make a major strategic decision based on taxes alone. That that's that's really wagging the dog, and I, I get it. Taxes are irritating, but but you know they, they really uh, unless they're just absurd, they really shouldn't be shouldn't be driving the strategic decision. I think it sounds like you you both agree with that. Absolutely yes. So. Jefferson, a question I think applies more to you. When you announced that you were going, that you were moving your headquarters to South Carolina, did did the local authorities contact you and do anything to try to get you to stay? Because I imagine you, you you were a fixture of that community for decades, and right. that must have gotten people's attention when you said we're moving headquarters. Did did you get a phone call from the mayor or the local government <laughs> trying to get you guys to reconsider? Definitely, we um, some of the local uh, leaders reached out. I don't know if they really tried to re- had us reconsider, but they definitely reached out. I was a little surprised. I'm excited to hear Jan answer this question too. But the state of Georgia, uh, some of the uh, uh, you know the bigger statewide organizations, I was surprised uh, did not reach out to us. Mm-hmm. And we were also getting this uh, big welcome into South Carolina. And we're getting reached out to by some uh, by you know, very important people uh, within the state. And I was a little surprised that we did not have the same thing uh, in, in Georgia. So, so, no, we didn't really get much pushback from the area that we, uh, that we left. That's stunning to me, given, given how important you are in that part, of the, in that part of the state where finance jobs don't exactly grow on trees either. It's it's stunning to me that that you didn't have there wasn't some effort to kind of retain you guys in some way. There there was not. Jan, how how about you? I know I knew you were kind of a smaller fish in a much larger pond, but I don't want to assume your answer. So I'll ask the same question of you. Was there any was there any any reaction trying to to pull you and keep you and keep you in Northern California? None. Yeah, I mean I I would think. The opposite might happen now that you're in Nashville, as you grow, if you were able to, if you ever consider relocating again, I suspect the likelihood of, of, of some kind of an effort to retain you is much more likely in Nashville than it would be in San Francisco. Absolutely. Because of the relationship, we are very much closer to the state officials than we have ever been before in, in California. So there is a personal relation ship on so many levels uh, we've been invited to some 
some meetings, some um, um, events, so to, to learn more about the people who are in charge there. So that didn't have happen uh, ever before in California. So I guess not. Now, Jan, did, did, in, in your relocation thought process, did you ever consider maybe another, other alternatives such as maybe simply opening a representative office or a branch office or a research and development facility as opposed to relocating the headquarters or was relocating the headquarters the only alternative that you considered? Uh, no, of course we couldn't have, we could have uh, just opened an office there and kept the, the headquarters there, but it was to be honest, a kind of a, a contribution to, to their efforts, to the relationship. And, 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 um, they um, are very, very, um, how to say, it, thankful. It was, I don't know, a gift that we sent them um, or it was a sign or a message or whatever you can call it that we, uh, that we um, made the decision to make headquarters move to um, Nashville. That was a, a move that we wanted to give them because they asked us, would you also um, consider relocating headquarters? And for us, it was no big deal. So, yeah. That, that we did to uh, to offer and uh, to to build another office elsewhere in the U.S. would be then not a relocation of the headquarters, just be then where business is. We would then um, considerably um, uh, open an office or branch office there. So I, I'm I'm curious. I asked this question of both both of you. I'll start with Jefferson first. Did you know there are there are consultants out there who specialize in in relocation? Um, did you ever use or consider using somebody like that to help you with the move? Um, not a consultant, we, uh, but maybe this would fit into that box. Uh, we used our law firm to help us uh, hmm. with this, especially to apply for uh, the various taxes and the various grants. We weren't available. We didn't know uh, about all of them. So that was uh, very helpful because we also, uh, didn't know South Carolina as well as to uh, you know, who and what and when and how much. So we, uh, we definitely used our, um, our South Carolina law firm who knew how to maneuver around uh, the tax issues better than we did. So yes, we did have some help in this. And Jan, how about on your end? Did you have any outside advisors to help you with the, with the relocation? Yeah, we, we got advisors from um, from the Entrepreneur Center that were uh, during the project healthcare on our side, and through their network, we we managed to to do everything with them. But we had not an external relocation advisor or something like this, so we we did it with the network within the EC. Now, Jan, I'll, I'll I'll stay with you on, on on the next question. How important was was public infrastructure to your decision to relocate to to Nashville? Did it matter what condition roads and rails, airport access, internet access were those things important, or were they not a a big factor in your decision? They were not a big factor. Of course, we need uh, internet access and very big one, but everything else was not a driver for us. Jefferson, how about you guys? I would say airport probably is because from um, from 2008 or nine, our franchise was Northern Georgia, Western North Carolina. Uh, from 2012 on, we've added Charleston, Raleigh, Myrtle Beach, and now we've added Orlando and most of the markets uh, in Florida, Jacksonville. 
So uh, being having access to a airports, we could actually reach our, our franchise faster and, and maybe make it a day trip instead of a two day trip uh, was, uh, was important. And our Greenville is also center uh, to our franchise where, uh, where Blairsville is quote, kind of more on the Northwest side. So we, we, we moved more center and became more mobile at the same time. We're talking to Jefferson Harrison and Jan Schluter and the topic is, should I relocate my business? Um, running, running out of time. So I want to make sure that I'm respectful of, of the things uh, you need to get done with the, uh, with the rest of your, with the rest of your day. Uh, another question I'm curious about when you decided to move, how, how big a factor was just the, the nature and the growth of the local economy in your decision to move Jefferson? Let me start with you on that. I mean, it was uh, central to everything for us, really. I mean, a bank is really, just a mirror of the economies that it serves. It's a mirror of, the, of where the branches are. And so to have uh, our leadership headquartered here, I think is going, is translates into a faster growth over time. So it was uh, very central to be in a, a larger, more vibrant city for us. And Jan, how about you? Uh, the same with us. So um, to, to hire people from there, from the clients, uh, ecosystem, healthcare industry. So we, we, we need all, all sorts of sales, project management and, and developers. And, and uh, Tennessee itself um, um, has the resources to, to give it to us, if you so will. That's good. So, um, Jan, let me start with you on this. What if, did anything surprise you about the relocation process? Was there anything that came up that, surprise you either in a negative or a positive way um, regarding maybe how easy it was to relocate or something that may have been unexpected once you actually made the move? The only thing that was um, astonishing is that you have to use the plastic card more often than um, can that you can pay with Apple Pay with your phone. That is the only thing I can, let's say, <laughs> recognize. Okay. Everything else was very, very uh, smoothly and, 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 and well-organized and uh, great. Okay. Jefferson, how about you? Yes, yeah, so I'll, I'll go back to one thing I said earlier was as ours was, was gradual and some parts of jobs were moving to Greenville, sometimes a whole job would move to Greenville, but it wasn't all happening at one time. There was, um, I just, I just uh, I wasn't uh, as an individual task moved over. I was, I underestimated the sensitivity people would have to uh, to this happening. Uh, but as it happened more and more, uh, then um, it just it became an issue that we again we needed to uh, communicate more about. So that was the only uh, downside and the only real surprise. But you know, besides that, it was uh, as expected and uh, has met all of our expectations. Well, gentlemen, we've um, we've had, I think, a, a good conversation, put out a lot of, uh, I think, very specific and actionable information out there. Um, if a listener wants to contact either one of you with a question, maybe to go deeper into something we talked about or cover a topic that we didn't cover today, you know, can they contact you with a question? And, and if so, what's the best way to do that? So, so I'll, I'll start. Yes, absolutely. I'm a Jefferson underscore Harrelson at ucbi.com and I'll be glad to uh, to respond and to your question. Yeah, and absolutely uh, here as well. So it's js at darvis.com. That's my email address. 
Well, very good. Um, that's going to wrap it up for today's program. I'd like to thank Jefferson Harrelson and Jan Schluter so much for joining us and sharing their expertise with us. We'll be exploring a new topic each week. So please tune in so that when you're faced with your next business decision, you have clear vision when making it. If you enjoy these podcasts, please consider leaving a review with your favorite podcast aggregator. It helps people find us so that we can help them. If you'd like to engage with me on social media and with my chart of the day and other content, I'm on LinkedIn as myself and at unblakable on Facebook, Twitter, Clubhouse, and Instagram. Once again, this is Mike Blake, our sponsor is Brady Wearing Company, and this has been the Decision Vision Podcast.